Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Before we start the pod this week, we just want to say thank you to everyone who helped us hit our target for the Morton Neuron Disease uh, Association charity. Uh, we hit £3,270 uh, and that goes a long, long way in helping us fight that disease so big thank you from all of us uh, at the podcast uh, for helping us hit our target but for right now um, we're going to talk about boris pre-season friendlies look ahead to mobile and well kind of make our season predictions this is the Borough breakdown podcast and this is our Borough match day chatter in a pod support curtis fleming is there on the edge of the air fleming for craig hignett hit it higgy higgy it's the coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abinelli spots out. Emerson! Hello and welcome to the Borough Breakdown Podcast with Johnny Dinner and Tom. We are the Borough Podcast that gives you all of your Borough Match Day chatter in a podcast and if it's the first time you've listened to this podcast or watching us on youtube we do give you the highs and the lows of the season we give you some sort of tactical analysis and we're the home of shout island and the nice Sly club and whatever else comes up during the season um guys welcome back uh to the show i mean it's been ages uh since we've actually last recorded together uh as, as a three um, we've had a few lowdowns, we've done some law underway, and we've got some content planned as well. But welcome back. Uh, I just want to know how he's a feeling about the upcoming season, uh, in as many words as you want. And Dana, do you want to go first? Yeah, it would be an honour. Thank you for queuing me in there. I don't actually know why I'm thanking you, but anyway. You can thank me welcome whenever back. you want. <laughs> Rusty. Um, yeah, I'm feeling really chilled, actually. I am not feeling excited yet because I never really feel excitement in anticipation. It's more in reflection, which is weird. It's like a delayed feeling, but I'm really chilled. I don't really care about preseason at all in any way, shape or form in terms of results and to a degree performances as well, because I think performances can give you a slight indication as to how a team might start the season, but they certainly don't give you an indication as to how the season's going to go as a whole. So I don't really see the point or the reason in stressing about, you know, what we may have or may not have seen from Borough in this preseason um, schedule. And plus, you know, there are a lot of uh, gaps. Well, a few significant gaps to fill in that Middlesbrough squad, which is incomplete. 
But last season we went into that campaign with Matt Baller playing left centre half and Duncan Watmore playing up front with Tube Ratpom, who was not, you know, highly thought of back then as he is now. So things could change, things will change, and I'm still feeling pretty good about uh, this season, despite um, a patchy preseason, shall we say? Yeah, and we'll come on to that in in a moment. But Tom, how are you feeling? In in as many words as you want. Pretty optimistic, to be honest. And I'm not entirely sure why. I mean, it's not entirely like based on performances and preseason or results or anything like that. But I, f- I think I've seen some enough in the in the highlights of preseason to be excited. Um, I think behind the striker, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of different depth options and rotation options now that we didn't have last year, and I think that's going to really benefit us this year. And we look an exciting team to watch. Um, really looking forward to get back to the Riverside next Saturday. And it's such a, a one eighty from where I was at the end of last season, where I didn't want anything to do with football and I was just going to concentrate on the other sports. Now I don't want anything to do with rugby league and the F one's boring because we're stopping <laughs> wins every week. So yeah, all, all ready to get back to back to Borough now. I mean, Tom, I was gonna say that's on the F one. I've been watching F two this morning and it was very exciting. Um so maybe we need to, you know, move away from F one and, and go to F two because uh, yeah, three safety because... cars, two virtual safety cars, you know, someone crashed in the lane in the pit lane. It was fantastic to watch. That's, that's, that's um, what you want to see. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do an F1 podcast after this. Anyway, sorry, I'll move on. Um, but yeah, how am I feeling about the season? Um, I am excited. I think there is a lot to be excited about. I think the division this year is going to be difficult. And yes, we aren't ready. Uh, but I don't think many teams are. It's, you know, I mean, it is July and there's still like a week to, till the season starts. And um, we need to probably bring in about four or five. Um, and also we've been kind of testing and learning new ways of playing and introducing stuff that we might see more of um, as, as the season goes on. You know, like those couple of things that we noticed probably from the preseason games that inverted fullbacks was slowly becoming a thing. Um, you know, last year we played with a one winger that one wing back that was very wide. One was quite more tucked in. Now they're both tucked in. So just a small tweak, but you know, can we look too much into that? Probably not. It's all about fitness and, you know, seeing what works and what doesn't work. But I thought it was relatively quite exciting um, just to see us back on the pitch. And hopefully when the injuries come back as well, it'll be all uh, rosy once again. But let's talk about a little bit about preseason because I don't want to spend too much time on it because it doesn't really make uh, too much of an impact. But obviously we drew 2-2 uh, yesterday with Auger and then we play Vitara, um, Hartlepool, York, Rotherham, Betis, Bradford... Uh, so you know we we travelled pretty much most of England, um, and then obviously uh, um, yeah, and obviously one game in, in Portugal, which which was nice. But out of the seven preseason games, we scored nine, conceded eight. Uh, we only won two of those, but that, it doesn't really matter uh, in in massive context, really. But out of the preseason games, Dana, can we get any indicators at all of of how we may play this season at all? Yeah, I think we'll still play with the same slick. Uh, attacking combinations and I think one of the positive takeaways that I've taken from pre-season is that the new players the likes of Gilbert, Rogers, and Silvera they do fit into this style of play and whether or not they can translate that into you know playing well in the league remains to be seen we'll obviously see the beginnings of that um, on Saturday against Millwall but at least we can say that 
on a very basic level they've got the technical ability in you know the good touch the quick thinking obviously the physical side of things as well with the pace to be able to fit in with what we saw last season under Michael Carrick and I think the pace is a good point as well because we were the the best team in the championship last season in regards to counter-attacking goals so that's a big tick um I think it's interesting actually that we've seen Morgan Rogers up front and Marcus Force on the right. I you know, was very bold in saying that I think we'll probably see Marcus. In fact, I, I said that I think we'll definitely see Marcus Force through the middle and we could still see Marcus Force through the middle. It is very interesting actually why Michael Carrick hasn't really explored that because Marcus Force is a finisher. 10 goals from right wing last season is fantastic. And I think putting him through the middle, maybe it's a bit of Stuani syndrome where you've got a player there that's playing really well out wide and the manager just doesn't want to play him central for maybe just a tactical reason, simply put. But with Rogers, I just don't think he's a centre forward right now. Is he? he just doesn't have he just doesn't have the clinical edge in him. It's not, that's not to say that it won't come, but for right now, I just don't really see it with him being uh, being a finisher. Um, Silvera looks really fun, really, really fun. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Um, Captain obvious here, but we need a goal scorer, don't we? We've got the build up there. That hasn't, you know, we haven't moved far away from it. We still have the very, very good, very exciting combinations and patterns, but, we need a goal scorer to finish that off because at the end of the day, if you've got the build-up but no end product, then the build-up very quickly doesn't become that relevant. So, yeah, I, th- I still think we'll play with that uh, Michael Carrickness uh, to the team where, you know, we are quick on the counter and and we can, you know, we the, he gives the players freedom. Uh, but, yeah, we just, we're missing a few pieces, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Um, and and it's, I mean, it's no secret. Is it? But I also quite like that when you were saying uh, Force is a finisher. And I just thought he's a finisher from Finland. Uh, and it's just thought. Oh, we go. Awesome. And I was like, she's definitely got a play on words here. But That's then, like, the I first thought. first one of the then, season. And then I thought maybe she hasn't. But then <laughs> who knows? Uh, but Tom, you said that you were very impressed about a couple of minutes ago around um, pre season and some of the things that we'd seen. But. Like, is there any indicates that you've seen that being like, yeah, okay, like that's that's different. Is there anything that, well, what has impressed you as well? I'd like to think so, but I actually saw similar last season in the Marseille friendly, and then it didn't really, uh, didn't really apply. It was in the first what ten games or so under under Wilder, but I, I remember being really impressed with the one touch, uh, one touch passing and combinations in the Marseille friendly, and I think to an even bigger extent this year. I think it was the game against York. I might be wrong, but we had free playing behind the striker. I think the striker was Rogers, and then we had Silvera and Jones and possibly McGree. But I, I remember one of the the bits of build up play. Uh, it, it came to Rogers just on the halfway line, and it was like one touch around the corner, and Jones was onto it straight away. And it was like that type of breakout pace. Um, I'd love to see that applied to to us during the regular season. If we can carry that over, that would we'd be very very fun to watch. As Dana was saying, we've got a lot of good combination play. We are just missing uh, missing a, a goal scorer. I'm really excited to see how the new centre midfield partnership gets on this season as well, because mm-hmm. I haven't been to any of the preseason matches, but from all accounts, Hackney and Barlasa when they play together have been excellent. Um, and I, I was watching the uh, the highlights of yesterday. Uh, before we started recording and some of the the passes Barlas was playing, that was what I expected from him when he came in last season. Obviously, it might have taken him a, a little while to to get up to speed, but 
it was the type of stuff he was doing at Rotherham, and it was such a good range of passing. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how uh, how that plays out this season as well. Yeah, I really like Dan Balassa as well. He, he, when he came, when he signed from Rotherham, I thought he could be that that person that could just be a bit help us with was being a bit more direct going forward. He, he's really good at finding through a ball, um, and he's a really talented boy. So I'm excited to see what he does this season. Whether he's more of a foot like a a start week in week out, or he's still playing a bit more of a bit part role. Um, I'm still really excited to see it. And he only really got that opportunity for pre-season because of Houston's injury. And, you know, we've not got Akpom either. Corburn's injured. Dyke Steele, Smith, uh, who was injured in the Betis game. And Matt Clark is still um, out with a, a back injury. And he has been for about nearly a year now as well. So um, we haven't really seen too much of his impact anyway. But from that, uh, Tom, we still have the injuries and the signs. They're still to come. But how do you think the injuries have affected the preseason? And do you think that'll affect us in the first few games? Because Housen and Akpom have been really big misses. Corbin, we haven't really seen much of as well because you know he had a really good probably the year at, at Bristol Rovers. And I'm interested to see how he develops this year. I wonder if we keep him in or we, we get rid of him. But how do you think our season will be affected with with probably Akpom and, and Housen being injured? Um, I think in the early stages, it's probably just going to be a bit more difficult for us. Yes, there how our preseason's been affected with with all the injuries. It just probably means that we can't put out of like our first choice eleven. We couldn't do that yesterday. We've had to make some changes. You know, McNair going right back and having to be a bit careful in other areas. Obviously, Coulson went off at, at half time. Uh, Fry went off shortly after within the second half. Um, so. We we do have to be we did have to be very careful. It's it's maybe resulted in some players not getting as many minutes as uh, as they would have done. But hopefully by the end of end of August we can address it. Yeah, and that's it. Like we've what made seven signings already, excluding Agman and and, and Kramar as well. Silvera, Vandenberg, Gilbert, Rogers, Dieng, and Jones and Glover. I mean the the house of goalkeepers. <laughs> I think we should probably call it as well. <laughs> Um, but depth is a is a big question uh, on pretty much on everyone's minds. Do we have enough depth? Do we have enough players that can uh, fill the gaps? You know, we've lost a few players uh, in the summer. The loans have went back. They haven't really have they replaced them yet? Have they not? Um, do you think we have an, an, enough enough depth right now to well to have us to keep us going all the way through the season because I think the answer is really no. But how does it really look mm-hmm. um, across position by position? Yeah, so depth wise, obviously, when you look at Borough's squad and you line the players out there, it's very very obvious to see what we need: a left back and a striker. And I think it's very important to focus on the word "need" there because I have fallen into the trap of saying, "Oh, Borough need about four or five but it's probably more I want 405 than we need 405. Numerically, we have depth on the wings. We actually have depth up front because there's Rogers, there's Hoppy, there's Corburn. Granted, he's out injured right now, and there's Crooks as well. The quality is where it's lacking there. But then on left back, we've only got Hayden Coulson because of Matt Baller's departure. That is a you know that is of paramount importance that position and up front in Rogers' role at the moment as well. So I think we we need 
a left back and a striker. I think that's very, very obvious. I would potentially like to see another central midfielder. And I just have a feeling that had we not encountered injuries with Smith and Dykesteel, that we might have been looking for another right back as well. Now, I like Dykesteel and I think that if he comes back before Smith and takes his opportunity, that he could stay in the team. But there's just something about that position that I can't help but think we could probably improve on and bring somebody else in but that is not a priority then in Akpom's role the number 10 role we've got obviously Akpom himself who's injured a really big worry a really big concern that he spent all of pre-season out then you've got Gilbert then you've got potentially Crooks that is that is a weak position too so obviously there's work to do there's absolutely no getting past that do Bora fans trust the recruitment team Probably not, is the answer. Probably not. They did well last season. They did. Mm. But because it's not been a consistent theme, it could just be an anomaly. Um, We've seen many transfer windows before last season just not work out. And I am more trusting of them, but I don't think I'm at a point where I can say fully that I trust them. But I'm, I'm willing to be more trusting of them if that makes sense so hopefully we can I I do think we will fill out the positions whether or not those players that we bring in will be good enough remains to be seen but yeah I have confidence that we can have more hits than misses it's interesting Tom what do you think what do you think about the the signings and do you think the recruitment teams hit the mark so far and is it the good signings what do you think I would say they have, I think, based on based on what we brought in last season as well. You know, the likes of Lenahan, Force, even though he only started as a development striker and then <laughs> you know, once Wilder had gone, actually got into the team. Um, and then lo- looking at, you know, January, we had Giles, Archer, Ramsey, they were all good. Uh, no, not Giles, sorry, that was um, Summer, but we had Archer, Ramsey. That was, you know, good business in... In uh, in January, got us through to the end of the season, gave us a good chance of of going up. I think we will fill the positions that that are needed, which I, I think are left back and and striker. I'd actually say at the moment, striker is more of a priority in my eyes, just because mm. we're we're making the chances in pre season, but no one's finishing them. And I think, especially this week when when Giles Saluton was announced and everyone went into a bit of a meltdown going, how are we going to replace all these assists and stuff like that? We've got Barlasser in centre midfield who had a very similar number of assists to Giles mm-hmm. last season, albeit all from Rotherham. But if, if we can get him playing to his best, then we're rep- replacing those assists just from elsewhere in the team. So I, I don't think we're going to to go out and replace Ryan Giles exactly at left back and, and you know, create all these these chances it might be a more well-rounded left back that we bring in but really priority at the moment has to be a striker and it has to be a, a good striker to 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 put away some of the chances that we are creating because I think the the attacking midfielders that we brought in we do have the the skill there to to up our chance creation this season we just need someone to finish them jumping off on the back of that point Tom I think that's a reason why I'm not entirely mad at Borough not spending f- between four and five million on Ryan Giles because I feel like it doesn't really line up with the recruitment that we've seen. We've picked up players for fairly minimal fees. And I feel like if we are going to spend between four and five million, we'll spend that on a striker, not on a left back. We could probably get 
and it's listen, it's easier for me to say that I'm not part of a recruitment team, but we could probably get, as Tom said, a more well-rounded left back for much less than what Ryan Giles is costing. Plus, we simply cannot compete with the Premier League team. It doesn't matter what you think of Luton Town as a football club. They are a better place than us right now. A, a borough, a bigger club than Luton, yeah. But they're a Premier League team and we're not. We can't compete with that. So I'm actually not mad that Borough haven't tried harder or haven't, you know, spent big or reasonably big on Ryan Giles because I just don't think it lines up with our transfer policy uh, and we'd be better off spending that amount of money on a striker because they're, it's a premium position and you're probably going to have to pay that much for a decent striker anyway. Yeah, you, you, you have to and obviously on, on the left back thing it was Alex Banger who was the one that was linked wasn't it? And we did the comparison yeah. uh, via stats bomb um, and he stacked up really well and he was what 300 to 500k was it? It was 500k yeah, half a million. Yeah, so well, last year insane. of his contract and yeah, yeah. they got relegated better. too. Yeah, so exactly. So fits, fits the model. Fits mm. the model, you know, has a really good and uh, similar profile. Um, so if he was to come in, does that fill the gap? But Tom, your point about Balas was a really good point. And the the fact that we might see a, a tweak in how we play this season, you know, maybe we have invert fullbacks that helps become more like central. I have some more central control, and then you might see us play through teams rather than just try to get the ball out wide to the left back or the right or the right back and get the ball in the box. So we might see changes, and you know we don't really know how how sharp Borough are until probably about twelve to fifteen games in. I feel like there's the the first ten games of a championship season, uh, very unpredictable. They don't really mean too much, and you can still go on an insane run probably around October, November, December time. And still like we did really last season. Yeah, like exactly what we did last season. And on the signings as well, I think what I do like about what we've done is that players can play in different positions. Like Rogers can play on the wing, Silvera can play up top. You can put them in central position. Uh, Alex Gilbert, depending on how he's feeling, you know, if it's if it's uh, mm-hmm. Alex Gilbert, uh, you can play on the left or up front or Cam. You know what I mean? So it depends. We we've got rotation and players can play in different positions, and I think that does fill the gaps to some extent around cover. And rather than having just like people that are only specific to certain positions, so like Foss could play up top as well. He can also play a right midfield. Um, so it's really interesting to see how we're we're approaching the recruitment this year. I agree with a lot of fans. Or we we do need to to fill some gaps. I think we need a couple more, especially probably about four or five. I think. Um, but I'm interested to see how how we do. But there is an impact of, of you know of what we've lost because Giles was is a big is, is a loss uh, Cameron Archer for me is a, is a big loss because I thought he was brilliant in that second half of the season Ramsey I thought was good until he got injured um then they are big losses but how much of an impact do you think there will be this season do you think the they're a huge loss a minimum loss it's, it's quite hard to, to judge right yeah I mean Giles and Archer, they are big, big losses. And even Ramsey, I think probably to a lesser extent him, only because at least we've got the players that have filled that role. Quality-wise, it remains to be seen. But yeah, with Giles, the most big chances created in the championship last season with 23. Archer, 11 goals from 17 shots on target last season. A goal every 125 minutes, which is not that far off at Poms ratio of a goal every 111 minutes that was amongst the top rank in the championship last season of course so that's going to be difficult you're taking out a lot of goals there um, and a lot of chances created I think Tom's point is is very very good and must be understated that 
Dan Barlasser was very high in terms of chances created last season and he is someone with that creative flair. His balls in behind are fantastic. We've already seen a little bit of it, um, of Dan Barlasser in a Borussia shirt where he threads those through balls in where you wouldn't usually think that someone would see that type of pass. I think Silvera also in pre-seasons looked pretty good in regards to feeding through chances to to likes of Rodgers and Cole. So I think we've got other players that can step up. I even think the likes of Hackney could potentially um, maximise his creativity next season. I think we might see either more chances created, uh, more expected assists from Hackney next season, or more goals. I know he scored against um, Ox there, but it was... <laughs> It was funny the way that it just looped up and, and beyond the keeper who was fuming. His reaction to that was quite <laughs> comical, actually. He was pissed. But um, yeah, it's obviously they're going to be big misses. Let's not rewrite history here and say that, you know, well, Ryan Giles was crap defensively. He actually improved defensively towards the back end of last season, but Ryan Giles was not in this Middlesbrough team to be a defender if that makes sense he was there to create chances and that's what he did and probably the best left foot that I've seen at Millsborough since my one of my all-time favorite players Stuart Downing so you know it's it's been a while and I don't think we'll see somebody of that exact ilk again so next season I feel sorry for whoever picks up that position because they're automatically going to be compared to Giles you just can't get someone like him in my opinion with with the quality of his deliveries, it's very unlikely, I think. Probably less likely than replacing Cameron Archer because he had the holy trinity of striker attributes. He was explosive, he was quick, and he was a finisher. So that's going to be even more um, difficult to replace. But yeah, they're going to be huge misses. They really are. It's just, can we replace them? And actually, final point on Archer. Archer's probably the type of player that you don't replace outright. You replace with different attributes. I remember when... Uh, Jack Grealish left Villa and I was listening to one of their um, the, the people on their board talking about we can't replace Jack Grealish outright we need to replace him with different types of players different attributes within players within Cameron Archer I think we're probably looking at someone with that physicality uh, someone with the finishing ability and someone with a pace as well that might not happen in one player so we might need maybe two players to replace him yeah uh, and I'm, in, I'm interested to see what we do and it's a good point as well like do we bring in like two or three players that will have similar characteristics to build that profile up but we'll 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 soon see but um Tom there's a player that returned in the summer and you know last year we had something quite similar you know there was a certain striker who was on loan um and didn't set the world alight on in his loan but you know he contributed to some good things he came back had a preseason game and everyone thought wow this guy's a really good player. Um, then he ended up scoring a lot of goals, you know, in in the, in the next season with twenty nine. And I want to, uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, you know, just playing with a bit of history. But re- the return of Martin Piero, you know, he had a good season uh, with Boca Juniors. You know, there was a lot of excitement around uh, Martin Piero when he first arrived, and I think rightly so. And we forget, I think he was actually quite good, but he was also playing under Neil Warnock, which you know, made Johnny Howson look finished uh, at, at that point. So <laughs> it was did. a very interesting one. Um, He's only but... 35. Exactly. Uh... <laughs> oh, no. Two Finnish references, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, Martin Piero's returned. Uh, so do you think he will have a very good season this year or will he just disappear into the darkness uh, and we'll never see him ever again? Um 
So what do you think? Because he was linked to Atalanta. He was linked to a lot of Serie A clubs, right? Uh, only a couple of months ago. So what do you think? The return of Martin Piero? Yeah, I think it's going to be in the middle of those two extremes that you've just given uh, there. Okay. I don't think he's just. I don't think he's just going to disappear. But I also, I don't necessarily think he's going to come in and have an absolutely fantastic season. I can see him being used as a rotation option uh, for mm-hmm. centre midfield, but at the moment, I don't think anyone's getting past Hackney and Barlasa. I think even Howson, when he comes back, even if he is captain, th- he doesn't walk straight back into that team. Um, I, th- I think they seem to have developed a, a good understanding over pre-season, and it's going to be a job for anyone to to get into that centre midfield, uh, into those centre midfield positions. I do hope Piero does well, and I do think that the club are maybe looking at it as like we did provide a decent outlet to get Piero. Warnock didn't really play him the way we wanted to. Wilder didn't fancy him. Maybe Carrick can get actually get the best out of him. I think Carrick's got the got the best out of quite a lot of players since he came in. So it's mm. not it's not out of the the realms of belief that he could do the same thing for for Piero. And I think when, when Piero came back from loan and the clubs like posting photos of his first training session back and saying like Martin's back and stuff like that, I'm like, that doesn't <laughs> indicate to me that he's leaving this season. That indicates to me that we're happy to have him back. Carrick said we're happy to have him back and we're going to try and develop him this season. And hopefully he does get a chance and and, uh, and, and make an impact. I was going yeah, to say, yeah. all they know that Borotwer absolutely lap up any Piero content so it gets them easy engagement and reach. Hey, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. I'd like to see the, the market removed, but like, I'd love to see the, the Piero engagement rate metric uh, go up. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the on him, I think it's interesting because he's coming back now um, post-COVID like COVID world. You know, obviously he signed during like a pandemic. And then, you know, the new manager, there's a... Comp- there's a quite a few different players and faces around the group. He's had another year of experience in football, which he, he seems to have really settled back in a Bocker. And he's coming back and I feel like he's got a point to prove as well. You know, I think he's, he's signed for a couple of million. You know, he wants to prove that he can play in European football. There's a lot to kind of say, well, Martin, this is up to you now. You know, we can, we can try and develop you, but it's pretty much on you to try and break into this team. And I would like to see him in that number 10 role whilst Akpom's out. Um, you know, appreciate Akpom is training back with the squad. You know, there's going to be time where he's going to get his, 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 his position back. But I'd like to see him in that 10 role just to, just to give him a bit more freedom. Um, I know he's played in more of like that uh, the, the one of the pivot roles, but I'd like to see him just a bit further forward, just give him the, the freedom that he wants to, to have and just see how he can play. Uh, so I'm very intrigued to see if he can... He can take advantage of that, and we can. If he does well, then we could maybe push Akpom up a little bit and just see how it would work. But it's on Martin, isn't it? It's on Martin um, to to come in and hopefully make a difference again. Uh, but then there's another loan player that's came back, and it was quite a bit of a, a strange one because he signed a new deal. Um, and we, if you haven't watched our loan away video with Guy from ABZ uh, podcast. Um, yeah, they didn't really give him a, a massively glowing reference. Uh, so it was a bit of a strange one to see him uh, come back and sign a new contract. I think Gary was saying that he was pretty much stunned uh, that he signed a new deal. <laughs> oh, was um, I? But he, yeah, but he's been playing. You know, Mark Baller has now gone. Um, and there's only one real left back left at the club, and that is Hayden Coulson. So 
what do you think? Do you think he's going to be first choice? Do you think we're going to replace him? What what what's on what's in your mind? I think he has to be first choice initially, doesn't he? Because there's no other option. I think there's young Sam Collins, um, who was out last season with an injury, came back. Really good to see him have an opportunity in pre-season, can play all the way down the left. Um, but simply put, I think Hayden Coulson is there because Hayden Coulson has to be there. Like there's no one else mm. unless you want to game Johnny at left back. Not with your knee injury at the moment. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he's just a placeholder, as bad as that sounds. Um, Borough will bring in a left-back because we simply have to. And then I think once they are integrated, then you'll probably see him Coulson phase back out to a backup role. It is interesting with Coulson, though, because I'm not going to beat around the bush. I don't rate him. Um, I think for a team like ourselves who want to improve upon last season's fourth-place finish, I just don't think he's at the right quality. Um, I remember we had a loan spell at, uh, at Peterborough, didn't he? Didn't do well. Uh, probably wasn't the best loan spell for him, to be honest, because they were always going to go down that season. And I think at Ipswich, it was a bit of a, a topsy-turvy kind of uh, loan spell as well. And then at Aberdeen, he hasn't really pulled up trees. So I just don't really see it with Coulson. But he does have Jonathan Woodgate there, who obviously saw a lot in him uh, when he was manager and got a good bit out of, of Coulson in that season. It has to be said, though, that that team was crap and therefore anyone that was good in that team was massively spotlighted. But, you know, we, we spoke a lot about um, Michael Carrick and, and Tuber Akpom's dynamic last season, that Carrick got the best out of Akpom. Carrick and Woodgate could get the best, or maybe not the best, but a lot more out of, of Hayden Coulson. So that's an interesting dynamic, I think. Just to add on yeah. to that as well, I wonder if it might make a little bit more of a difference having Lenahan in that left centre back role and kind of keeping uh keeping talking to Coulson throughout the game. I don't remember mm. who was centre back during the Woodgate season, but I can't imagine they had a lot of experience right. at that time, considering Warnock came in and tried to add the experience to Grant Hall. Um oh, God. Like I, I wonder if having that type of you know uh, experience head next to Coulson might help him this season. I need to find out who is playing in yeah. our defence at we that had, time. Well, oh, Dale Harold McCoody was, Harold McCoody <laughs> was one. Shotton, there you Shotton. go. To be yeah. fair to Shotton, right, unpopular opinion, he was decent for Borough. He weren't bad. Overall, yeah. he weren't bad. I was so excited to see him play under under Pulis when we had him on the wrong frozen <laughs> and Flint and the team. I thought that was just guaranteed goals. <laughs> Look how that turned out. Eh? Look how that turned out. Not very well. Uh, but there is, we spoke about incomings, outgoings as well. Um, do we do we see many outgoings happening uh, until the end of August? Like, I know we, we've got to add quite a few faces uh, to the team, but there's going to be some that probably need to fund that. So, Tom, what do you think? Is there going to be many outgoings? Who's the most likely ones for you? Most likely one I would have to say is probably Paddy McNair. Uh, in his last year of the contract, uh, we still don't know his best position. And <laughs> he's probably, he, he's one of those players who was always kind of like, he's linked to, to other clubs in the championship or like low Premier League consistently. So I think if we ever were going to sell him and kind of cash in, it would be this season. I mean, watchers get off recording this and it will sound a new contract. But um, <laughs> I think if there ever was a time for it, it would be this season. And then that would obviously mm-hmm. help us with the uh, with the rest of the transfer window as well. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with burrow you always get fast free shipping Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Dana, what, what do you think? What's, what's yeah, I, I agree on McNair. I think he was one of the three that I, I said uh, on one of the previous episodes. That it's, it's maybe time to evaluate the future. Uh, one of those was Matt Bowler, he left. One of those was still Fry, he signed a new contract. So what Paddy Renner will do, I'm not so sure. Uh, Matthew Hoppy is an interesting one. Do you ever just sit back and think, what's Matthew Hoppy's purpose <laughs> in this team? Because I, I wonder don't if he asked that old question, Dennis. That's a very deep question to, yeah, you know, get to ask. Yeah, get some Jay podcasts on. on. On a Sunday afternoon, you go, I don't, I don't I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, why is a Matthew Hoppy? Like, maybe you, we get you know, people to think about that, you know? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I just, when I did the lowdown on him last season, last summer, at Schalke, he played out wide and then he also played through the middle. So, firstly, I don't know his position. And he's had very fleeting minutes at Middlesbrough, hasn't he? So, we don't really know a lot about him, really, in a Middlesbrough shirt. And I just don't know where he fits. So, potentially, he could go. Uh, Corburn, as well, when he comes back from injury, I think he might go out on loan, which. I think it's probably the best thing for him to do. But yeah, uh, I agree with McNair, Hoppy, and then there's a big question mark over Atpom, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And will he go? Who knows? You know, it's a very different question now, isn't it? Because last year we were just like, ah, oh, yeah, we won't see Atpom again. And now we don't even want him to go. Um, and I want him to stay. So please uh, do stay, Tuba. Um, but in terms of like Corbin, though, I think if, if he has the opportunity, I'm interested to see if he takes it. I really am. I think he, he did really well at uh, Bristol Rovers last year. You know, he's, we're a side that creates plenty of chances, you know, and he's someone who's very good in the box. You know, we've seen that his finishing mm. is, is quite good. So 
does he get a chance? I'm very interested to see if he does. Um, would I give him a chance if he's fit on Saturday and he's raring to go? I probably would throw him in, especially for the first few games. Give him like till most middle of August and towards the end. And if he wants to go out on loan, he still can because that loan window is open, isn't it? Until about is it September October time? So you know we could still let him go out on loan, but I think overall, um, give him a chance and see how he how he how he fares up. Um, links wise, is there anyone that is taking your fancy at the minute, Tom? Do you think that? Or uh, might potentially well, is there is there any links that have excited you at all? Or is is there not? Like there hasn't been many over the last couple of weeks, has there? No, there hasn't, and I'm struggling to think of anyone who's kind of exciting me at the moment. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything really about Alex Bangura. Uh, obviously, seeing the um, the the stats comparison to Ryan Giles, but I don't know anything about his style player or anything. So that's not a sign that really gets me excited. The excitement really is that ooh, we've filled that slot at left back, so then we can kind of like move on to <laughs> on to striker. But I, I don't know. I feel like striker. It's going to be later in the window, and it's going to be someone who hasn't made it into a Premier League team. Um, I, I think it's someone who doesn't get in the twenty-five. It could be a loan, or you know, depending on how far <laughs> their death chart they are, it could be a permanent. But I think it's. We're gonna get down to the wire in the uh, the transfer window. I don't think we're gonna have a, a striker for for most of August, and it's gonna be you know shared between like Rogers, Crooks, and possibly Corburn, and then it'll get down to like um, get down to deadline day, and it'll be like all right, we've re-signed Cameron Archer, and now uh, also <laughs> in in centre mid we've signed the other Aaron Ramsey. Like <laughs> it's well, gonna, gonna be Cardiff. Yeah, yeah, we've just picked him up for some reason. Cause, uh... <laughs> but I, I think I think it's going to go down to, uh, down to the last day. I, I think we're we're going with the senior players. I think we're going for for quality, and we're going to have to wait to to get that. It's just a good feeling. I'm not kind of basing that on anyone, but and uh, anything. Sorry, but we haven't really been linked. It it seems too quiet, and mm-hmm. and we're working on stuff behind the scenes. It's just I feel like it's going to take a while to to get these experienced players in, but once we do, we're going to be like, how how have we got these players? Dana, what do you think? Do you think is there any Point links to... that are exciting you? Well, I'm looking at our link list at the moment, and I'll just reel off a few names that have been linked with us and haven't already signed for another club or haven't had their links debunked by somebody. There's Novatus Maroshi, who's a left back from Zulti Warajem. There's uh, Chris Willett from QPR, Ross Stewart from Sunderland, Akar Adams, who's a striker from Lilstrom, and Alex Bangura, who's a left back from Canberra. In all honesty, none of them excite me like Chris Willett would if we hadn't already brought in wingers like signing Chris Willett would probably just be signing someone for the sake of it rather than signing them for yes he'd improve the t- the team in terms of quality but as I said we've already signed wingers we don't need Chris Willett if that makes sense um and then Ross Stewart I would love Ross Stewart at Middlesbrough but he's currently out injured so he's missed all pre-season and I think he's he's back in September so you sign it you know if we do sign him and he's been a long-term target of Borough's mind you um then we'd be signing an injured player who much like Atpom and much like Housen in part have missed pre-season so I'm not sure on that and plus he would go for a big fee as well 
So an injured player for a big fee. Uh, there's yeah. something sus about that. It screams January signing, six months left on his contract. You know, Bora needs <laughs> some extra firepower and, you know, you get your ticket from your rivals. Uh, but who, who knows? You get a good fee from there. But let's move on to predictions because I think, like, everyone, even the listeners, are here for our season predictions. Uh, and now, like, look, last year we probably had to, we had to revisit it in September because so much changed uh, at that yeah. point. But this year, you know, we're... We want to stick to it, I feel like. You know, we, we got to stick by our predictions. And some predictions were horrendous. Some were great. But who knows? Uh, we're going to go for it. But the first one I'm going to ask is um, for your predictions for is where do you think Borat will finish? And now I know that we have to make sign-ins. I know we ha- things can change. Um, but where do you think, if you had a gun in your head right now, where do you think Borat will finish? Um, got to have your answer. So, Dana, where do you think Borat will finish uh, this season? <laughs> I think we're going to finish second. And that might be incredibly stupid of me. People might from think, Dan, where have you plucked that from? But for all of the focus on what Borough don't have, I think what has been glossed over is what we do have. We have a fantastic manager in Michael Carrick. We really do. And Tom made a good point earlier that we've seen Michael Carrick get the best or better out of a lot of players at POM. Hackney, I think McGree improved under him. I think we we saw a lot more out of Tommy Smith than what we were expecting under him. I think in terms of defensively, Lenahan and Fry both individually and collectively have improved under him. So I think that's a really, really big factor and a big reason as to why I'm optimistic. And I just think we play football that is really good and really effective. And yes, we've got players there and um, or we don't have players there in the likes of Giles and, and Archer and Ramsey. But as I said earlier on in the show, I think I have more confidence in the recruitment team now that we can replace them. And this is the championship. Honestly, it is not out of the realms of possibility that Borough will get promoted automatically. I still think there's a lot to be optimistic about. And I'm not getting too bogged down in what we don't have because I believe that come the end of the window, we will have it. It's so boring to do predictions based on the present because it, it, it we're not going to be stuck in this time where Borough don't have a striker and a left back. That's not going to happen. Um, we will get a left back. We will get a striker. And I think that they will be effective within the system. And I just think that the Michael Carrick factor will take us just that few places higher than last season, which means automatic promotion. Oh, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. And, and Carrick is, you know, he's got the highest win percentage out of any Borough manager over 30 games. Uh, so, you know, just, mm-hmm. just saying. Anyway, Tom, where do you think Borough will finish? I've got us improving on last season and finishing third. I desperately wanted to to be optimistic and say second or even top. And I think if we had a striker in by this this point and scored a few more goals in preseason, I'd probably be willing to commit to that prediction. Um, But at the moment, I'm going to say third. I'm kind of making my prediction on the present, uh, unlike what Dan has just said there. I I'm hoping by the end of the window that we've signed a couple of like really good players and and striker and left back, and I can look at back on it and say I'm not I wasn't being optimistic enough, but <laughs> I, I do think we'll we'll still be up there. But I don't know the uh, the years of of 
hurt over being a Borough fan have kind of got to me on on this one, and I've me yeah. uh, I was finishing third. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see you both so optimistic. I've actually got us fourth. Um, I don't know, and I don't think we get promoted <laughs> either. Oh, like I know, oh. um, I know it's a tough one. I, I just think the quality that the three sides that have came down is insane. I know Leeds have a bit of depth issues, really. Yeah, not Leeds. They'll fill it. But, not Leeds. Uh, I don't know. I think they're a mess. Great... I think they'll. I think they'll get in the top six, but I don't think they'll have a plain sailing season. I'll get on to I, that. I have them finishing mid yeah. uh, mid table. Yeah, I, I, I think finish mid season. Like... They just throw the yeah, towel yeah, in. They're, they're just going to reach mid season. Yeah. <laughs> I think it depends who leaves Leeds. Though, like you know, Jack Harrison is still fantastic. Um, Patrick Bamford is still good when he's fit. Since the air is still very, very good. It depends who like wants to be there, isn't it? So with mm. them, but Fark is like a fantastic manager, like at this level. So if they're able to add and they don't get rid of the players, like well, don't get rid of quite a few more players, then I can't look past Leicester, Southampton and uh, Leeds. But Southampton's like squad. I looked at the their eleven yesterday or today and yeah. like I was like, how is this how was that team even in the championship? But they are. Um but I'm expecting Ward Prowse to go. I'm expecting Lavia to go, but then they've got about eighty million there just to spend on whatever they want in the championship and that is very hard to to lock by and they've got a good manager there as well. So yeah, who knows? Um but I've got us finishing fourth. Sorry. Um, sorry, Borough fans. Um, anyway, who is going up <laughs> and who's going down? Um, I kind of just said my three. Um, so I'll finish <laughs> on who's going down. Um, I think QPR, Cardiff and Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday are in a bit of a mess. Uh, Cardiff, mm. also a mess. Um, QPR are also in a mess. And Blackburn Rovers, also in a mess. Uh, so it's like it's a very intrigued to see who will, who will go down. Everyone will always say Rotherham, but don't know. I just feel like they're a bit steady this year, so they might they might still, but who knows? Um, but Tom, who are you going to go with? Who's going up and who's going down? So going up, I've got Southampton, Borough, and you know what? I put Sunderland in my notes, but that wow. after last prediction, it would mean Sunderland finishing second, and that's not happening. So I'm going Southampton, <laughs> Borough, and Leicester. <laughs> Leicester beat Sunderland in the in the playoff semi-finals, not even the final. Um, and then QPR, Cardiff, and Chef Weds going down. I can't look past any of those teams. I think QPR are an absolute mess. Uh, so are Cardiff and Chef Weds. They've always been a mess, haven't they? But like <laughs> l- l- looking at the uh, <laughs> l- looking at the absolute Jekyll and Hyde you got in the uh, the League One playoffs last year, like. You can mm-hmm. like see them getting turned uh turning up and getting absolutely battered by Peterborough or it could go the other way. Um I, you know, they've changed manager. I don't know what it's gonna be like for them in the championship this year. So I've got them yo yo and straight back down. Okay. And Dana, what uh, to round us off, what do you think? What's your who's going up, who's going down? I've gone going up Leicester, Borough and Southampton. My sister will love that. She lives in Leicester, so she's a proper half-half scarf merchant between Leicester and Borough. Um, and then going down Rotherham, Chef Weds and Plymouth. I think Chef Weds team, please look at it. It just screams League One. Rotherham as a football club just scream League One. And unfortunately for Plymouth, I think they'll go down third bottom. Oh, that's interesting. I, I quite like Plymouth as well. So yeah, I do. I'm I'm a 
bit disappointing that you put them there. I felt like you better mm, than that. Same. It was between them, actually, and Neil Warnock's Huddersfield. But I just, oh, I just I know I think he has been relegated before, right? Neil Warnock, but mm-hmm. I just can't see it happening for some reason. Well, I've just thought there as well, Rotherham, it might depend on what Barnsley do in, in League One, because have you ever seen them both in the same place at the same time? They might just be the same club. <laughs> they just swap that's positions very, every year. That's a great football conspiracy that, you know, like, are they actually just the same club? Especially for the championship. It's, it's Ooh, the that's funny. <laughs> I'm sick of going to Orkwell as well and watching us get oh, beat, so um, please get Watching me get a drug search yeah. by a Dog. I hate dogs. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Thanks for that, Dana. Um, <laughs> we're going on the surprise package team of the season. Um, so surprise package could be anything. Um, it could be what was in Dana's pockets at Barnsley for a dog to uh... <laughs> A lip balm. Oh, it was yeah. a lip balm. Yeah, and a pen randomly. Yeah, what? Yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> it could be anything. Um, but anyway, I'll stick with you, Zena. What is going to be your surprise package team of this season this year? Um, I've approached this slightly differently because I'm saying Ipswich, but in the opposite way that people would think. I think a lot of people that have predicted um, the championship this season have gone quite big on Ipswich, but I'm not. I think a big reason as to why I feel like they could do well is Kira McKenna, but I don't think Kira McKenna is going to stay there for the whole season. I think how I see the, the season panning out for Ipswich is that they'll do reasonably well. And then another team like a Leeds will be doing terribly. They'll be flopping like mad. And then they'll sack Farker. They'll bring in Kira McKenna and then Ipswich will crumble from there. I think um, because if, it, if Kira McKenna does well at Ipswich, um, then I just don't think he's going to stay there because he'll be poached by another club, in my opinion. So I think Ipswich might surprise people in that. I just don't think they're going to be as high as other people are uh, predicting them to be. That's interesting. Interesting. Tom, what are you going to go for? Who's your surprise package team of the season? Well, I'm already thinking about the uh, surprise package reactions to this pod we're going to get now. Dana gets drug searched at grounds and hates dogs. Some of the comments we're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, surprise package team of the season I've gone with Neil Warnock Suddersfield I just think it's written isn't it as much as you're going to hate that Johnny I I think you know they did extremely well under Warnock's tenure last season if he can carry that over into this season it's it's just written in there it's going to be his last job again and he's (laughs) going to get them in top half somehow to be fair Tom history will like will be on your side here because Huddersfield tend to have they're either 5th or 19th like there's there's no in between um, and like, you know, the finish, well that's it so like the finish what like eight, was it 18th 19th last season and they were in the playoffs the year before so it's playoff time baby for Huddersfield so um Good luck to them, I guess. But I'd hate that. I'd hate that. Um, so much. anyway, I'm going Bristol City as mine. Um, I just think they need a little bit more depth. Um, and they need to sack Nigel Pearson. But they've got the <laughs> yeah. squad. They've got the squad there to do it. Like, they do. They do. Macari, like we just signed from from Aberdeen. Uh, Rob Dickey's a great sign. Knight from Derby, also a great sign. Uh, Alex uh, Scott's still there. Colin, top. Tommy Conway. I mean, come with like the, he's, he's the industry like plan. Singer, he just like, spawns yeah. from nowhere and starts scoring goals. A country singer. 
Yeah, it does. It does sound like, it does sound like a country song, doesn't it? Dolly um, Parton featuring but... Tommy Conway. Does, it's, that sounds like a banger. That that that, that, that sounds like it actually happened. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely has a cowboy at home. Anyway, um, I, yeah, I, I, I genuinely think they need to sack Nigel Pearce. I think he's holding them back a little bit. But they've got such a good like squad. If they just keep adding like two or three more players there, that is a playoff team. That is a playoff team, and just you know. I'm expecting them to start really well and then they'll do the thing they do every year where they have like 14 games where they just don't win. It's just, I just don't <laughs> know how they keep doing it. I honestly don't, but yeah, they're going to be more everyone surprise. on the pitch is trying to spot where the camera is in that stand and they just get a bit distracted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's pretty true. Anyway, I'm going to move on from that because I'm going to, I will just digress into something else. Uh, but Bora, young player <laughs> of the year. Uh, so this could be anyone who is probably under the age of, what's, what's the age? Probably 23? 23, 24? Yeah, 22. anyway. Yeah, but we're still under 23 because under 23 is like, so anyone under that age will uh, get the award. So, Boreal Player of the Year, Tom, who are you going to go for? I'm just moving myself there. Uh, Sammy Silvera. <laughs> uh, I think l- looking at um, what he's done in pre-season, and this, it's the only thing I'm basing it on, but as Dana said earlier, he looks a very fun player. Uh, mm. His movement off the ball seems absolutely outstanding but it's it's the the link ups and and his is his movement once he's released the ball to someone else and the positions he gets himself into he's got a, got himself uh, a couple or a few goals kind of off the off the back of doing that as well i think he's going to be a, a proved to be a very decent sign in this season i think he's if once he gets in the team if he takes his chance he might end up being a bit of a minster okay Dana, who are you going to go for? Hayden Hackney, really easy for me. Mm. Um, I think he's just going to improve upon last season and kind of become the main man in midfield, I think. So, yeah, Hayden Hackney is my uh, prediction for Borough Young Player of the Year. And I agree. Hayden Hackney or uh, Vandenberg, I think it's going to be... I think they're the two people I'm I'm very excited about uh, this year. And if Hackney can have a good season, you've got a very, very good asset there. in, in terms of if you want to sell him if we don't go up. So, you know, that's uh, something to watch, watch out for. But Borough Player of the Year. So this could be the same person that you've just picked. It could be someone completely different. Um, I want to go back to you, Tom. Who is going to be your Borough Player of the Year? I've got him doing the doing the double and Chuba Rackpom. I think he's going to be, oh. be the best player for him. <laughs> <laughs> he's mint man um, no, I, th- I think once he gets back from injury if he can just get back up to speed of, of where, where he was last season I don't think anyone else comes close interesting Dana who are you going to go for? Hayden Hackney again I think he'll again. have the Adama okay. Triora sweep uh, because I think I alluded to it earlier I think he'll add goals to his game next season and if he does that we won't keep him and I think he will end up being Borough's player of the year. Although I did say off air, I have a feeling that someone that isn't yet here could also be the player of the year. It was difficult to choose, but I'm going to land on uh, on Hayden Hackney for that one, I think. Okay, then. Uh, I'm going to go with Riley McGree for the second year in a row. Um, the, the the stats don't always look favourably for Riley McGree in terms of like assists and goals, but 
I think he's Borough's best player by a country mile. Um, what he brings to the team is is insane. The way how the way he adjusted his game uh, under Carrick to have more of a, a free role played such a big part in how we were able to create so many opportunities uh, last season. So mm. for me, Ryan agree will get the award, and he deserves more respect. That man, um, he's such a good footballer, and I hope we we see uh, the the success that he had last season. Uh, this year as well, so he's going to be my uh, Borough Player of the Year. But I don't think you'll get it. I think um, he's going to be mine, and that's the most important thing. Uh, you want to so be Johnny was... House, and again, it's just yeah. the, the just default. It's just Johnny House, and isn't it? Yeah, he's definitely taking something. He just keeps rolling back the years. Um, <laughs> but the, the next one is always the fun one. Um, it's what your bold prediction for the season is um we've had some very bold predictions on this podcast but majority of them haven't came off um i'm looking at you elliot venice with sam stubbs uh, <laughs> um what a throwback podcast moment that was but bold predictions dana who is going to be who or who is going to be or what is going to be your bold prediction uh for the season well i've got one very similar to yours haven't i johnny um i am i haven't told anyone yet but thanks for that well yeah. i read you not so it's oh. your fault spoiler alert uh, I think we'll end the season the top three for goal score from set pieces. But because we have similar ones, I'm going to throw another one in there as well. I think that Alex Gilbert will outscore Tuber at Pom. Ooh, that's a. And I don't think at Pom's going to have anywhere near the same season as last season. He's missed all the preseason with a knee injury. I think it's a knee injury, but with an injury. And if it is a knee injury, it's the same injury that he had at the at the back end of last season. So. I just think that that's going to, at the very least, it's going to affect his start to the season. I think from there it might spiral. I hope not, but I just can't see it happening. It's that good old, it's too good to last kind of mentality. I was about to say, what did Chuba say in our interview? Oh, not you that much. I know, yeah. What did he say? Yeah. What did he say? Poor Like, comes on the podcast and then you just slay him there, come Well, you know, uh, it's the Borough fan in me, Tom. It's the Borough fan. We always expect the worst from players. Yeah, we always expect the worst. And e- even if we have something good in one season, it's always that thought of, well, it's not going to last next season, which is stupid. Like, it shouldn't be like that, but it just is, isn't it? We always lean on the side of pessimism. But to be honest, it's just the injury. The injury's really worrying me that it's... When when Borough went to Portugal, it seemed like it was just a short-term thing and that he'd be back pretty soon. And then obviously that has gone into, I think it's been about three weeks, three and a half weeks, four weeks now. Missed all the preseason. Like that is a, a concern. So that's what's really fueling those thoughts at the moment. Interesting. Okay, well, people kind of know what mine is. Um, now, while I was going to say top five uh, for set pieces scored, I just feel like we've made, you know, we're going to make some tweaks this year and just, uh, you know, develop our set piece game quite a lot. So I think we're going to, yeah, we're going to be up there. We're going to be, finally be that set piece team that Sky always think we have been. Um, so, <laughs> Don yeah, Goodman. But that, yeah, that, that was mine. But I'll, I'll go for a second one as well. Uh, and I think Silvera will get more assists than what Ryan Giles did last season. Um, so how about that? Um, anyway. So 12. Yeah, twelve assists. Yeah, and I hope he gets them very soon because <laughs> I can't have it like coming at the end of the season. So please, Sammy, just just do what you can. Uh, Tom, what do you think? Uh, well, what's going to be your ball prediction? Like, well, yeah, I've got two. Going to be I've a two for this oh. season. So oh. for the second year in a row, we're going to have a Borough player reaching twenty goals. 
and it's not going to be Akpom again this season. It's going to be Marcus Foss. Wow. And okay. my second prediction is that one of my bet builders, where I have Daryl Lenahan anytime, is going to pay off this season because he is going to get back home. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it one, Tom. Will, it will happen. That will happen this time around, Tom. It's going to I happen. Might, I, mean... I might just make my money back from all the ones I've wasted if that does come in. <laughs> The thing is, though, it's going to be one of those things where, like, the one week you forget to put it on, he's just going to score a hat trick or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just going to be like, you can imagine all the money you could have made. But that, that's why I'm committing to, to doing it every week this season. The, uh, it was it was very hit and miss last season, but it's going to be every week until he scores. <laughs> please, just Darren, just, just score for the love of God, just please score. I mean, if if the set piece balls the claim happens, Tom, then. He, he, you never know, he might. He well, might watch Dale Fry get 20 and Dale uh, <laughs> just gets none. Yeah. Dale Fry would be what we thought Aiden Flint was going to be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, long throws could be happening as well. Who knows? Um, but let, let's let's move on. There's a game to talk about because next week uh, we face Millwall and Millwall finished eighth in the championship last season. They went on a really good run and they're in talk uh, for the for the, a bit of a shout for the playoffs at some point as well. Uh, but the last time we played them on the opening day, uh, we drew 2-2. Uh, we were 2-0 down under, under Tony Pulis and Martin Braithwaite scores. And George Friend. Actually, no, it wasn't Tony Pulis. It was under, uh, it was under Gary Monk, wasn't it? Yeah. Gary Monk, yeah. Oh, yeah, where Martin Braithwaite scored, and then George Friend on a ninety plus seven uh, minute equaliser salvaged a point uh, at the den uh, for us. But a lot has changed uh, since then, and to get us up to speed uh, about Millwall, we spoke to Dan from that Millwall podcast to get their thoughts on the summer, the game, and their season. Hi guys, I hope you're well. It's uh, Dan here from Nat Millwall Podcast. Um, looking ahead to the game on the fifth, which has came around very quickly. Summer for Millwall has certainly been an interesting one. Started off with the sign of Kevin Nisbet, who's looked on fire in pre-season. And also Joe Bryan on a free transfer, which is a fantastic addition. I think he'd probably start for most clubs in this league at left-back. So I think that's a fantastic signing for a club of Millwall. And then we was hit with the very sad news of the passing of our much-loved chairman and owner, John Berylson, in a terribly tragic accident. Um, so that kind of delayed everything for a little bit at the club. His son has now taken over as our chairman um, and he has you know, sent a message out saying he wants to continue the legacy that his father's left for him. Um, and we've made a couple more signings since then. We've brought in Wes Harding on a free transfer from Rotherham, who's definitely going to provide some cover for us and be a useful player. And we've also brought in a Belgian midfielder called Casper Denor, who I can't say I know too much about, but... You know, he comes in with some good reviews from Belgium. We're looking forward to seeing how he fits in. My feeling for the season ahead for Millwall, I think we need to try and put the playoff heartbreak that happened for us at the end of last season behind us. Um, That'll be key. I'd like us to try and make a challenge to the top six. I do think we're probably maybe two, maybe three players short of being a top six team, but the championship's incredibly unpredictable. So, you know, we've, we've definitely, I, I would back us to be in there with a chance again this season. Um, our key players to the game are the mentioned Kevin Nisbet at the start. He, he's, as I said, he looked on fire in pre-season. Hopefully he can carry that league, uh, the form over to the league. Also keep an eye out for Romain Essay. He's going to go and be a start in the future. 
He's looked unbelievable in pre-season, got a little bit of game time towards the end of last season, and I'm sure he's going to be seeing plenty more game time this season. He will definitely play for England one day. And the last player is the Bermondsey Bergkamp, Zian Fleming, if he's still with us. He's been linked with a move away, but I'm sure uh, many Middlesbrough fans will know him very well after he scored a brace in our 2-0 win at the Den last season. And my prediction for the game, I don't really remember Millwall getting too many positive results up at Middlesbrough in my recent memory. I think we won up there about 10 years ago, but... Nothing too recent, um, and you know I, I can't. Say, we're usually a bit crap away from home to start the season, so I, I do think Borough will win this one. I think it'll be a close game. I'm going to go with a two-one Middlesbrough victory, just because I don't think we are the team we quite were defensively a few years ago. But looking forward to getting it going, and thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you very much uh, for that, Dan. Um, interestingly, he's given Middlesbrough. A 2-1 win. Uh, but what are your predictions, guys? You know, everyone, everyone's uh, falling apart on Twitter. You know, the worst is going to happen. <laughs> We're going to get beat 20-0. Um, but what's your predictions, Dana? What, what are you thinking? <laughs> Good old Bora Twitter in the off-season, eh? Um, you know what? I'm going to echo Dan and say 2-1 Bora. Um, goal scorers. Yeah, who's going to score the first goal of of our season? I Darryl think... Anahan. No, I'm going to go Hackney. I think Hackney will, and then I think Force will score as well. And we might see the first knee slide of the season in this game as well. Yeah, get the, the, get the rating cards back out, get them dusted down, got some knee slides mm. to talk about. Um, Tom, who are you going to, what, who, who are you going to predict that scores the, the first goal? But then also, what's your predictions for the, for the game as well? Well, Prediction for the game is 2-0 Borough. And goal scorers, I'm going to go Matt Crooks and Sammy Silvera. Ah, Matt Crooks, Ooh. yeah. Crooks is a good yeah. shout. I I'm going to change Cro- Force to Crooks. Oh, interesting. So hacking and Crooks. Yeah, I can see Crooks playing up top this game as well. I yeah. can just, just see it, you know. He played up there before. He, uh, he did a good job as well. And, you know, you're playing against the Millwall side that, you know, sometimes... Uh, Kind of pigeonhole to be a bit a bit direct, but just just seems like he could he could fit there. You know, you could have Argentinian Martin behind him, and it'd all be all fun. You know, um, so Argentinian Martin. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I I'm gonna go uh, one all draw. I think, and it's gonna be a difficult one. I like us to to steam on to be honest and win three or four nil, but I'm not too sure. Um, what do I do? Do I say three 0 no? or do I go one one? Who knows? It's uh, I think one one. I'm gonna go one one. Not you having an uh, existential crisis over a prediction uh, there, Johnny. <laughs> people want to know. Dana. People want to know. What just I'm got game one, one as well. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you are in game one as well. No, like not yeah, even game. Like game game forty six where it's important. <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna say like. Uh, I think we'll start the season relatively quite slow as well. So, and then go on a bit of a decent run. Um, I mean, like the, a lot of boyfriends will probably die if we started um, having a, a, a slow run at the start of the season, but you know what happens. Uh, you know what? I'm going 3 0. What the bore? Uh, anyway, thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, so a bit ambitious for game one. <laughs> yeah, I know, too ambitious now. Uh, but yeah. but yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for joining me, uh, as always. Uh, and to the, to the listeners and the viewers, um, do give us a five-star rating 
on your podcast provider and give us a thumbs up uh, and subscribe uh, on your podcast provider and on YouTube as well. It helps us get found, charted and all that fun stuff. Uh, too. But there's 46 games to play. There's signers to be made. There's twists and turns to, uh, twists and turns to come. Uh, but don't write us off just yet, Borough fans. There's plenty of football to play. This is the Borough Breakdown podcast, and that was all your Borough Match Day chatter in a pod. Up the Borough Breakdown. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.